What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Back at it again with the hot takes. You were gonna, you thought you were going to mess that up? I was, I was about to say, back at it again with the white fans. Because right. <laughs> you don't know pop culture. Eh, I don't. I don't know <laughs> pop culture at all. So, But at any rate, we are coming at you with this week's edition of Bright Side of the Suns. For the Fans, By the Fans podcast. It's been a bit. It has been a bit. It's been two weeks since the last time we put anything out there, and the Suns are... Seems like longer? Does that mean, like... No, just... You miss miss me so much. No, just so much has gone on since last time we recorded. That's true, so... Not just in Suns world. Speaking of that, then, the Suns, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, are two and four since the last time we were here with you all. Uh, In that time frame, they beat the Lakers, which is Always a good feeling. Always a good feeling to beat the Lakers. Am I right? I love watching the Lakers lose, especially losing to the Suns. Absolutely. They had the close loss to the Pelicans last Sunday, which was bright side night, which we will talk about here in a little bit. And they uh, also beat the Knicks in what I thought was a very, very exciting game to watch, giving us a little bit of a, maybe a taste of, well, the ups and downs that we're going to feel all year because they had a pretty big lead in that game and then proceeded to lose it and then still managed to pull out the win in overtime? Yeah. yeah Back-to-back they, overtime games. That's did, right. Have the Suns played the – I feel like the Suns must have played close to, if not the most, game overtime games of any team this season. I'm pretty sure they've played like 74 overtime games this year, so I think you're right about it's that. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just a lot of overtime. A lot of free basketball. A lot of free basketball. Uh, they lost to the Spurs last night. To be yeah. expected. They hung in there for three quarters, and the fourth quarter kind of went to crap. But you know what? It happens. It happens. So I mean, it. the Spurs are the Spurs, and the Suns are... The Suns. The Suns. Right, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's very well said. That's accurate. And you know what? Frankly, it doesn't really matter because we all know that the game that they're going to win against the Spurs this month is coming later in San Antonio as... One of us two geniuses here predicted last time we spoke. That's me. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, you don't remember that? I might have been a few too many. Come on, bro. Come on. So at any rate, we'll get into it. We're going to talk about a few Suns topics here this week. The things that we find interesting, perhaps you'll find interesting. Either way, we're going to talk about it. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is Brightside Night. Not necessarily Brightside Night itself, which actually turned out wonderfully. Great job by the guys over at brightsideofthesun.com. We met that goal of 1,000. Thanks a lot to all of you out there who donated. But what I do want to talk about more specifically about that evening is the Q&A session that we got to sit in on along with other Suns fans with the Suns GM, Mick D himself, Ryan McDonough. Paul, what's your biggest, primary, most important, most memorable takeaway from that 45 minute session that we ended up having with uh mcd yeah it was it was really great it was it was a really uh nice to have that kind of access to a gm what i what i took away from it was really just i was kind of surprised at how like frank and honest he was on some things i mean because you I, i guess me i'm just used to as being a chargers fan with tom telesco and he like doesn't say anything of note like mm-hmm. uh, McDonough really kind of laid it out there. I mean, obviously there's certain things he can't talk about, but I mean, he was pretty straightforward with any question that was asked of him. He like named names with things and um, such as, such go as on. Like, I the, feel like you're getting somewhere. Let's get well, there. I mean, uh, one of the, one of the fans that was there asked about like trades and things like that. And he 
straight up said we get calls on PJ and Tyson. Like those are the guys who we get calls on because everybody wants a strong wing defender who can shoot threes and a inside man who can defend, block shots, and get boards. I do want to point out, if I may interject, I believe a few weeks ago you said that PJ Tucker didn't know how to shoot threes anymore. Are you going back on that now? I don't know. He did score the first nine points of the Suns game that night. He did. So that didn't answer my question. Are you going back on it? At the time, he did not know how to shoot threes anymore. So... He's turned in a corner. He seems to be more engaged. There you go. Okay. So that was your biggest takeaway. Just Ryan McDonough being frank, discussing specific names of guys they get traded for. uh, I mean, specific names. I mean, he was... He answered questions and with... Not the normal like coach speak or like GM speak of kind of evading questions. He actually answered the questions head on to the fans that they asked, and I mean some of them were pretty, um, you know, frank questions, and he just took it on and answered them with eloquent answers that were informative. Which as is, as eloquent as that little. I never said I was eloquent. You just wanna, I'm just no. I'm just asking you. You're the one. You're the one who sake. professionally speaks. Every now and then, I do that. That's true. So, moving on from that, I think. I think the one thing that I took away from it was a question that I had in my head when we were sitting there, but I didn't want to ask because I'm like, should I ask this? Maybe I shouldn't because I feel like he's not going to give us a straight answer because it's a weird situation. But everyone's favorite editor, Dave King himself, asked, "What's going on with T.J. Warren?" What's the d- deal? What's the injury? Can you give us any from any or any more information? Excuse me. And the short answer to that was no, it really can't. Um, which I thought was interesting because I think that certainly indicates that it's not just a concussion. Yeah, there yeah. was something going on there that had the potential of being serious, but apparently is not serious. Which is which is effectively what he said, yeah. how he said it, yeah. yeah. So they've eliminated anything serious, which is fantastic, which is why T.J. Warren has been cleared to scrimmage full court. And he had indicated, and this was last Sunday, that he would anticipate him back here in the next week or so. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully sometime this week we'll get ourselves a T.J. Warren and have a T.J. and P.J. back on the court at some point. Because that's, right. that's just fun to say, if anything. Yeah, T.J. to P.J. T.J. to P.J., P.J. to T.J., T.J. and P.J., P.J. and T.J. Any way you cut it, I just I, it flows For off the, the tongue. For the 3J. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> other fold, I, a whole other wrinkle. I like it. So what about the game itself? That was the first game that I've been to this year. Yeah, me too. Maybe I shouldn't be admitting that. I don't know. But you know what? I've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Kind of a busy guy. Got kids. Got kids, whatever. It is what it is. So any takeaways from that game? And let's not talk about that. I have no idea what that three-pointer at the buzzer was all about. That was ludicrous. Okay, let's maybe not Eric, talk about it. Let's not talk about it outside of me talking about it right now. We talked about it for like five minutes at the game. I know, but we don't need – like we spent five minutes saying what the hell was that all about. Maybe Eric Bledsoe was just feeling it so be yeah, it. Yeah, I mean but, – But at least if you're going to jack up a three at the buzzer, get a little bit closer to the three-point line and don't hoist it up from three feet back. But that's neither here nor there. It happened. It didn't go in. So, well, I just want to know. Unless you want to talk about that, go on. I just want to know, like, what was the, what the hell was the play call for that? Just well, there's clearly no play call. There, there's they no didn't... play call. But I mean, hit, Bledsoe's game is driving to the hole and either getting fouled or scoring. What the right. hell was he doing? I think that was just Bledsoe playing for overtime. I think that I, basically hold, hold what he shot a thirty. If, if he was playing, if he was playing for overtime, he wouldn't have shot the ball. But why? Why did he take a step Curry so three? He's I'm not, not Steph wrong. Curry, right? 
I no, I understand. I, that. It's an extremely low percentage. I think it was shot a bad. He I think it was taking a better shot. I don't think there's any debate that it was a bad shot. But say he was playing for overtime. It's well, kind of weird. It's it just okay. Seemed so very it was weird. a bad shot. We've got a bad that, shot. We've got but yeah. System. Well, okay. Takeaways from the game. PJ was very engaged, which was something that I was actually talking with my buddy about prior to that game because he had gone to the uh, my buddy had gone to the indie game and what said like. He's like, when are we going to trade PJ? PJ doesn't want to be here anymore. It was obvious watching him on the court. So I was like, I'll, I'll watch out for that since I'm going to the New Orleans game. I went and checked it out. And like, PJ was really engaged. I mean, you looked at him. He really stepped up. He defended Davis head up, heads on, head on most of the game and held Anthony Davis to a uh, – I think he only got like, had like 14 points. Yeah, and he was – I don't remember the field goal percentage. It but was, it was pretty low. low for for a, for a big man. It was a low percentage. Actually, probably for a guard, it was a low percentage. It's probably like in Brandon Knight range. Then is that what you're saying? Yeah, teacher or uh, Archie Goodwin range. Oh, that's mean. What did he ever do to you? Uh, he's on Twitch. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. What but... <laughs> Twitch? Oh, go on. I don't want to know. I don't know. Anyway, um, but that was actually a big takeaway for me, which is, I mean, the Suns were playing hard. I mean, New Orleans is the level of team that I, they can compete with, arguably. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we've talked about it in the past that the Suns kind of play up to competition and play down to competition. Like when they have when they're playing against an inferior team, they don't play their best game. Agreed. But they get up for a game against the the Spurs or the Warriors, like. I mean, granted, the last Warriors game they didn't really get up for. No, well, they, they they got up for about half of it. For about half of yeah. it. And the Spurs game, they got up for about three quarters right. of it. But this game, for playing a lower-end team, they were in it, and they were competing. They obviously took it to overtime. It was a really fun game to watch, fun game to be in the arena for. And I had a good time, and I liked what I saw, for the most part, from a growing team. All right. That's what I like to hear. The one... What I took away from that game is there are a lot of fans out there who really don't know what to do with the basketball. <laughs> and and, and let, give me, hear me out here. We've got these folks, and you know, God bless their hearts. I'm not. Well, I could do better. I will say it. I could do better. You got these guys that go out there. It's like a little, you know, timeout contest during. Excuse me, contest during a timeout when it's like you have 30 seconds to make three free throws and like homeboy air balls, like three of them. It's like come four on, of them dude, go like, left adjust. Yeah. It's, it, I, I made the comment at the game. Remind me of the scene from white men can't jump when Woody Harrelson is shooting the threes from the, from the top of the key. And Wesley yeah. Snipes goes out there and he's like, you know, this might not be like your, uh, rec center ball that you guys get to play, you know, cause the wind out here, it tends to make the ball sway a little bit left to right. He does a little, you know, Little move. Little, little move with little the lower move. body. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of that. It's like, hey, bro, there must be some wind in here somewhere. So, <laughs> you know, adjust. Maybe maybe aim a little more right. You're missing yeah. left. But hey, like I said, I, I'm not saying I – yeah, I'm saying I could do way better. It's I'm not sad. Yeah, saying I, I could do way better. I feel like you for sure couldn't. No. Okay, cool. As long as we're well, both on the same page. Like, oh, now you're going to say you can. I'm not saying I would make the shots, but I wouldn't airball the shots. Hmm. I'd at least make contact with the rim. I feel like I need to find out how I can get you on the court and make you do this. I don't know. We need to start talking to Jared Dudley about I'm those gonna, dunks. I'm going to figure it out. Oh, don't change the subject. The subject is Speaking now. Up, no dunks the yet. subject is now Paul <laughs> shooting free throws in front of like 12,000 fans. 
<laughs> During well, a timeout of the Suns game. pretty yeah, late. Yeah, so, the lower deck was kind of late, too. But at any rate, so I'm going to figure out a way to make that happen. All right, so let's move on. We spoke about Eric Bledsoe, and outside of that shot at the end of the New Orleans game, I think we can all agree that he has been playing Freaking awesome over the past couple of weeks. Fire! Three 30-point games in a row. And you had mentioned before we started recording here tonight that you had read an article about the quandary the Suns might find themselves in if Eric Bledsoe continues to play the way he's been playing once this year's heavily... Top-heavy? Top-heavy. I'll say not heavily top-heavy, just... Top heavy point guard draft comes in to play. Yeah, I mean, and this actually um, kind of goes back to um, talking or uh, being there with McD because somebody asked the question about kind of. Actually, I think was it Dave who asked the question about the draft. I think it was. Are you serious right now? That was me. Y- you asked the question. Are you serious right now? You were sitting next to me, and I asked no. that question. You are serious right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. No, Dave asked the question because he specifically mentioned point guard heavy draft. We're done. We're done being friends. <laughs> no, we're not. Go on. You can't quit me. I did, did, Dave, did Dave mention that? Maybe he Dave asked did. Maybe I asked the, Maybe I repeated the question because I did ask about what the strategy is going to be going into this year's draft in light of the fact that we have a team that, for all intents and purposes, have has – talented young guys at every single position so is there a position that they're going to focus on stop staring at me you always do that i'm gonna stop looking at you <laughs> I'm is there a position is there a position that they're going to focus on or is it more a don't blink. best player available type approach to which mcd said it's going to be a best player available type approach in all likelihood but go on you're taking credit for my question away it's fine <laughs> sorry I'm, t- I'm trying to help dave out here yeah, I don't think he needs help. He doesn't. He, he's way you. better at his job than we are Go at this. Go on. Anyway, um, basically, Bledsoe's kind of putting them into a situation where they have to possibly draft for need over best player available just because he is balling out, and he he's obviously a point guard, and we have a very point guard-heavy front end of the draft where the Suns will undoubtedly be picking so we've already we've had enough point guard issues on this team. Do what? We really want to? <laughs> what do you mean? Make more of them when we've already got Ulis on the bench, <laughs> who shows a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. Bledsoe is, like I said, balling out. I think really it kind of comes down to we just. I don't think the team fits around Bledsoe right now. Go why? Be, I mean, I mean, and don't be like because they're not winning games. Because no, no, that's no, a total, no, that's a total Again, answer. something we were ta- we talked about uh, when we were prepping. Bledsoe is a score first point guard, great defensive point guard, which is perfect, particularly playing alongside a guy like Booker, who is a shooter, not the best at defense. So Bledsoe can always take the harder. Also, maybe not the best shooter. I don't know. We'll get into that later. We will. <laughs> but. Um, Bledsoe can take on the stronger defensive assignment. Um, but he's... I was making the analogy to kind of like like the Cavs. And in no way are the Suns the Cavs right now. But Bledsoe... Thanks has, for that clarification. Bledsoe has a similar game to Kyrie in the sense he's a very ball-dominant, score-first point guard. But really what makes... 
but because of that, you need like a front court guy like a LeBron or on some other team or like back in the day with the Lakers um, in the second run when Kobe run championships, Gasol and Lamar Odom, you had a front court player who was actually more the facilitator of the offense, made it flow with passing. Who was the, who was the point guard on those Lakers team? Was that Jordan Farmar? No, it was still Derek Sasha Fisher. Vujicic? It's Derek Fisher. Oh. Well, weren't wasn't Jordan they were Farmer? There. Okay. They were no, there. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jordan I, Farmer and Sasha Vujicic were there in the years between. Oh, that explains <laughs> the lack of championships. Okay, yeah. go on. No, no, no. Farmer okay. was there when Gasol was there because I'm not going to tell you why I know that. I'm, I'm curious, but I feel like maybe it's something that you can't publicize. No, I, no I'll no, i admit it. Does anybody remember an old show on uh, CBS Are you numbers? asking other people that are here in this room right now? Uh, well, you I'm throwing anything? it out there to the audience. I know numbers? you don't know it. It's called Numbers. I actually was, do remember that show. I never watched it. I remember it, though. Jordan Farmer and Pau Gasol guested on that show oh, Jesus. together. Okay, go back to your point because I, I, I'm disappointed well, that you know that. It's on Ion on reruns. You're not, you're not going back to your point. Go back to your point. Anyway, but basically when you have a – Ion? <laughs> Sorry, go, go. Channel 305, man. Okay, continue. Anyway, um, when you have a score first point guard like Bledsoe or Kyrie, you need somebody to keep the offense moving, which we have seen as a issue that the Suns have had this year. In They're one of the lowest teams in assist percentage. Uh, like assisted shots percentage. Right, right. So they need somebody else that's going to pick up the slack pick up on the, the slack, assists. And they don't okay. really have that player right now. I mean, maybe they do in Bender, but he's still he's still such a puppy of a player that he just he's not there yet to be that anchor on the starting offense to do that. He's like a big, tall, skinny puppy. You're right. I love it. Question <laughs> though. Marmaduke. So, 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 <laughs> so, but... How many pass-first point guards are there in the NBA these days? Besides Chris Paul. Besides Chris Paul. There aren't that many. Um, would you call So it, maybe no? you're romanticizing the old NBA. I am I am probably romanticizing the, the Steve Nash days. I mean, obviously that's what I grew up on as a Suns fan. And you, KJ and... Dude, you're in your 20s when that happened. You mean that's, you grew that's up what, on that's that. When I, that's when I Jesus. developed my true love of the Suns. But at the same time, I, I mean, I also... Huge KJ fan early on because when I moved to Phoenix was right right when that KJ Barkley team was around, um, and I've always loved guys like Nash and Kidd and and Magic Johnson. I know I'm white and I love assists according to uh, stuff white people Jay like. Williams. <laughs> Jay Williams. Have you seen his son play? No, dude. There's mixtapes out there about uh, Jay Williams' son, Junior? dude. <laughs> Throw some tats on that kid. It's, it's Jason <laughs> Williams, and he's like I don't know, like 13. It's the ball is like bigger than him. It's phenomenal. But okay. But yes, so, I am romanticizing that aspect of the NBA. But the NBA has actually evolved more, in my opinion. The NBA has evolved more. The good teams, everybody's passing. Every, like the teams that are good. So like then the, you don't need. So you're saying, but so you, you just don't need really, players who pass. So so the Suns, if, if we get into this draft, that's a point guard heavy draft, top load with point guards. Do they take a point guard? If it's Based on McDee's history, is the best guy available? No, but I'm asking you, not not him. You, I'm pointing at you. Because uh, I feel like I'm about to tell you why you're wrong based on the look on your face right now. I'm taking best player available. So if that's a point guard, okay. we deal with that later. Maybe I trade down. 
because it's a deep draft, get an asset, and maybe draft. Okay, so let's let's let, let's need. let me run this hypothetical by you. Okay, you have two guys that are equal on your board. One's I. One's a point guard. One's a power forward. Okay, which also guy do you take? We're loaded at. Which guy do you take? A point guard and a power forward. Huh. Three seconds. I think I take the point guard. Wrong. But why do you take the point guard? We want Brandon Knight gone. Yeah, okay. That doesn't make sense. Eric Bledsoe has an injury history. We have two young guys who can play the three, four, and five. We're... Well, Our, you have you just named three positions that. Well, we have two guys. Well, that can play the. We have one guy that can play a three, four, five. We have one guy that play the four, five. We got one guy that play a three. Right. Okay. And you can make an argument that for the near future, until they prove, hopefully, don't pr- or prove it wrong, we ha- basically are kind of set at the three or the two and three with Booker and Warren. Like those positions, that is our foundation. So, right so you run the risk though of alienating the team's best player by picking a player that's going to play his position. Yes, you don't care about that. No, if no is the answer, no is no. the answer, Paul. That's fine. Well, just because I mean, if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do that, I would make I would take serious consideration into in trading Bledsoe. Because he's not on the timeline of the rest of the team. How is he not on the timeline of the team? He's 27 years old. Yeah, and they're all you, 20. So, so you just want to have a team full of like 19 and 20-year-olds and hope they all develop, and by the time they're in their mid to late 20s that they're going to be good? Yes. And so, we're going to so have a good team? by the time I'm 42, we'll have a good team. Your logic is shocking. I just, that's all I have to say. It's shocking. I, 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 I'll, so you, just, so you I take the power forward. In a, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So in we a just heartbeat. where are you going to find the minutes for a power forward? Well, if you're gonna, you're going to have so we we say we've got a guy that plays a three, we've got a guy that can play a three, four, five, we've got a guy that plays a four, five. Right. Alex Len, who knows where the hell he's going to be? But even we so keep around, like 60, he's probably going to be he's probably going to be a backup center is what yeah. he's going to be making a crap ton. Of so money. you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna take. So let's say Alex Len is gone. So you're going right. to have either Chris. Or Bender, or Mister Mystery Power Forward, who in all likelihood will probably be able to play the five as well, because that's how the NBA works these right. days. You don't have those true centers that just park, the, park their asses down. Yeah, but he's not going to be around that much longer, regardless of whether or not the Suns trade him this year. So you're going to have those minutes because you got three spots right there that will have a total of four guys in it, and you're not alienating the best player on your team by drafting him. And that, my friend, is why I would take the power forward. But you know what? We should move on. We can yell at each other about this later, but right now, we got other things to talk about. Really? Yeah. Hopefully, there are good things to talk about. I don't know. We, Ho- you, hopefully, you, there is. You know what it is, so. I don't remember anymore. Oh, okay. Um, I think this one we can cover briefly because I'm not sure there's a whole lot to say outside of the fact that I'm worried to hell about Devin Booker at this point. What was it? What did I say? Defcon three Def is where I'm at. Yeah, I but threat level orange, dude. Threat level midnight. That's what I said. I know you said threat level midnight. Threat level, but threat, midnight. level in, threat level orange is the equivalent of Defcon three. I know, but threat level midnight. Are, are, like, are, you, are you are you creeping towards Defcon five or Defcon one? Well, this is the tricky question. One's one because okay, one's just making sure I wasn't tricking you. One. Really? You think I just say things without knowing what I'm saying? Yes. No. 
That's yes. you. That's not me. I always do research before I say things. Uh-huh. Or I just guessed really luckily right there. <laughs> One of the two. You decide. But at any rate, Devin Booker shooting like 40%, just a shade over 40% right now this year. Oh, you're looking it up because you think I'm guessing again? Bet you I'm right. And I think like 31% from three-point range. And I, I'm, I, I just, I'm starting to worry that maybe he's in his own head too much. And I don't know that that's something that just goes away. Like I said, I was watching. I, mean, I was watching the game the other night. Uh, what game would it have been? The Knicks game. And I've never seen a guy in the NBA miss a about fifteen to sixteen foot shot from you know kind of the wing, worse than elbow. he did in the yeah the elbow area. Worse than he did. I think it was in either in the towards the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, and it almost looks like he's short armed. But like once he starts getting cold, he just starts trying to guide the ball into the hoop, and that's. Not going to work. And maybe I, the guys that you go. Sh- you are right. Oh. 40% from the field, 31 from three. Yet I'm the one that makes stuff up. I don't think I've been wrong yet on this show, just for the record. But, and you know what? Devin Booker proved me wrong <laughs> because I really hope he turns it around. But I am starting to get worried that maybe last year was a flash in the pan. And if it was, that's going to become – then, you know what? Then we're drafting a shooting guard next year. <laughs> counterpoint. But go on. Please, counterpoint. Counterpoint. Um, I think it's more of a sophomore slump because look at some of the other players who everybody hyped up as a second coming um, this season. Uh, Towns is having a down year. Well, he's my biggest example. Also a Kentucky guy, but he's having a down year. I mean, yes, um, raw numbers. Like, if you're just going to look at the raw box score, yeah, he's technically up slightly, similar to Booker. But, well, Booker's up a lot just because he had a half a season where he was Booker's up playing points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But raw he's not numbers, up in raw numbers. else. But, I mean, Towns is down in shooting percentage. He's down in rebound percentage. He's down across the board in in those, like, more advanced stats. Sim- similar with Booker, and I think it's I think it's a, a situation of them just the their franchises and the fan bases kind of putting more on them than like kind of expecting more than really we should be. Okay, can I, I let me just say where I I just had to look up what Towns' numbers are at right now. He's down in field goal percentage. Sure, that's true. But he's still shooting forty seven percent. He's a he's and a he's big shooting, man. He should be shooting. And he's shooting thirty four percent from three point range. And how many a game? Twenty five. Oh, how many a game? <laughs> yeah. He's shooting four threes a game. Okay. So did I just disprove your theory? No, you didn't disprove. I my theory. I feel like I did. That looked like a dejected admission, the, right there. Well, I mean, look look at the look at the Timberwolves as a whole as a team. They're expected to compete for the playoffs. Riding Carl Anthony Towns as basically their so leader. now you're falling back on the argument that because the Timberwolves suck, Carl Anthony Towns is having a sophomore slump. I'm I'm saying they put a lot on the on the kid like the Suns have put on Booker, and not that he's wilting under the pressure, but I think we might have put more. We might are expecting more from a twenty year old than he really. Is ready to provide, which kind of proves my point in that I think he's not 
as strong mentally. He's not prepared for this. And like I said, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's something that you can't grow into. You don't grow out of. Kobe Bryant didn't come out of high school soft and then suddenly become this like black mamba, hard-nosed, cold-blooded killer. He's had that in him. And again, I'm obviously not an elite athlete. And if Devin Booker hears this, I'm sorry. I mean none of this. But <laughs> I'm not an elite athlete, but that's my take on it. I don't it. think and, he's and, soft. And, and, and I'm, I'm concerned about it. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not concerned. And maybe that... soft was the wrong word. I'm not saying he's not soft. You know I'm who not is concerned. not soft? It's Marquise Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got the baby face, but he is not a baby. Can I can I just say that Christophe Porzingis has, like, one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen? <laughs> I think it's the haircut. No, I think it's his face. <laughs> I think it's the haircut. Well, okay, let's combine the face <laughs> with the haircut, but it's punchable. And when Marquise Chris threw him down the other night, I was like, that was a total overreaction, but I love it. <laughs> But I love having a dude like that on the Suns too, because you know what? Everybody needs a little bit of a little instigator. A little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a little bit of Ron Artest. I, I think not I, a lot of Ron Artest. Yeah, very a little a bit of Ron Artest. Very little bit of Ron Artest. Like more like you you want Meta World Peace, not Ron Artest. Yeah, Meta right? World Peace kind of stuff. Yeah, but he wasn't <laughs> as crazy. He was still crazy, but not as crazy. He gets great wide open like uh, I, air ball air ball rebounds. I feel like, and I, <laughs> I said this on Twitter the other night. I feel like. Marquise Chris could potentially maybe be kind of like that instigator, kind of like Bruce Bowen, minus the part where he tries to injure somebody every time they take a jump shot by stepping underneath them. Right? Yeah. I like that idea. So, okay. DEFCON 3, threat level midnight. <laughs> That's where I'm on Booker. I hope he proves me wrong, but I am freaking concerned. And we'll I'm see. leaning sophomore slump. We'll see. We'll, I am concerned, but I'm leaning sophomore So, in a month, if he's doing the same thing, then what do you say? It's still a sophomore season. So if he just sucks his entire second year, you're cool with that. You're pausing. You're not answering. You're looking off into yonder right now. <laughs> Do something. I'm Fill I'm, the air. I'm trying to formulate a thought. <laughs> okay. We'll I don't know, man. Jesus, we'll move on. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to be the optimist here, which is weird because you're usually the optimist. I'm not an optimist. Yeah, but I look I'm a at pessimist. I look at I look at what could potentially happen in reality, and I apply that. And I'm seeing a reality of Devin Booker. Well, I mean, we know we can't have good things. Some serious serious issues right now. No, we can't. Okay, we'll move on to what I think will be our last subject of the evening, and that is this week's edition of Who Does Paul Want to Trade This Week? Uh, Tyson Chandler, please. Okay, and and oh, oh, just for the record, the caveat here is Brandon Knight is always number one. Yeah, and Paul just fills in who's after that. So yeah, go on, much. go on. Tyson Chandler is not on the Suns' timetable to for success. That I'll agree with, but he has, in my opinion, he has completely rehabilitated any issues of trade value that. Um, were of concerns from last year when he was injured and kind of sucking horrendously. So you're saying that like NBA teams out there that are looking to get over the hump would be interested in a guy who just you know happens to grab twenty plus rebounds multiple times in a row. Yep. Well, at least two, but can know, that's multiple. Catch lobs, score like is not looking for the ball, but can score opportunistically. Has a sweet shots. beard. Has a sweet beard. And can you can you tell me why I find his beard far less annoying than James Harden's? Because James Harden's looks glued on. 
Maybe it is. I think it might be. Or does James, if, does James Harden use activator on his beard? What if what what if what if it comes out one day that James Harden all these years has had a fake beard? That would be amazing. Yes, yeah, so, some, some. I little, feel like you didn't some, enjoy that as much. Like in my head, I'm, no, just, I'm just like, I'm, just I'm, imagine, I'm imagining, I'm throwing like a parade for James Harden's fake beard. I, I'm imagining some little kid like grabbing it, like they grab Santa Claus's beard, and it just comes off. It's like rubber band, it snaps back and hits <laughs> yeah, in the face. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I like that. So anyway, back to Tyson Chandler training. I'm going back to Tyson Chandler. I mean, I enjoy having Tyson Chandler on the team. It's he's playing great. I just similar to PJ Tucker. He's not on the same timetable, and a team who is on a trying to be a contender could really use his skills, and we can probably fleece them for hopefully a late round first pick, first late first round pick. I I would yeah, I wouldn't fight against that. I and I mean, his contract is argue under the new salary cap, eleven million a year is reasonable. So funny how when they signed him, it's like, oh my god, that's too much money for him. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh man, what a deal. Yeah, it's funny how jacking up the uh, the salary cap changes everybody's <laughs> perspective. So, all right. Well, that being said, we've run through a number of things. We've hit on the topics we wanted to talk about. And I think for the time being, we can wrap things up. So as always, comments, questions, thoughts, go ahead and leave them in the comments section at brightsideofthesun.com. If you would like to, you can hit both of us up on Twitter. I am at so says J and Paul. At Dervish of World. At Dervish of World. And um, any closing thoughts? You have five seconds if you have anything, just for the record. Is, are we closing thoughts or are we just uh, saying goodbye? Holy Jesus. <laughs> that was your closing <laughs> thought. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> until next time that we grace you with our presence. Was that too conceited? Anyway, until next time, folks, whenever you're listening to us, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and we will talk to you soon. In honor of Rogue One, may the Force be with you. I, what's that? Star Wars, man. Oh. Star Wars. Why, wait, hold on. I need to ask. Why? <laughs> why? Is there is like a Star... Like, why are you randomly saying Star Wars stuff? That's what Rogue One is. I know, dude. but like, what's... Why? Why are you bringing that up now? Like, <laughs> What do you mean? Like, that seems like super random. I'm... I'm trying to sign off with May the Force Be With You, oh. and I was trying to give it context. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was really confused. I'm sorry. I just... I... Anyway, you until really next time. You really just shat on my point, didn't you? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Well, <laughs> this is a different kind of ending. You want to try it again? No, let's just end, uh, like, now. All right. <laughs> Bye.